Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right. How many are ready for a word from God? Amen. I'm excited. Got a message for you today. Um, We've been in a series called A Different Reality. Um, And the premise of the series has been to help you understand that as a follower of Christ, do I have any followers of Christ in the house? Anybody following Jesus? Uh, So, so important that if you're following him, that you are living in a different reality. The old you is dead and you are now alive in Christ. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. It means that we live in a different reality. This is the message that Jesus preached. He preached one message and that was the kingdom. Uh, Everywhere he went, he was talking about the kingdom of God and he lived in a different reality. So much so that people stood back and said, who is this man that speaks with such authority? But Jesus would say things like, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. He was living in a different reality. So if you would, I want to call this message today, as we go to Matthew's gospel, chapter number six, I want to call this finding your kingdom flow. Finding your kingdom flow. Matthew chapter six, starting in verse number nine, it says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now that verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because living in the kingdom means that we live in a different reality. Your reality as a Christ follower is not based on zip code, ethnicity, how much money you have in the bank. It's not based on any of those things, but it's based on the reality of what kingdom are you living in? That's that's our reality. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus taught us in Matthew 6 to seek first the kingdom and all these other things would be added to us. So our priority is not to add to our own lives, but our priority is to seek first his kingdom and facilitate his kingdom into coming into the earth. Um, and then all God says, I'll take care of the additions you need. How many of God knows what we need before we ask? He says, if you seek first the kingdom, I'll add to you. I'll take care of what you need. The Old Testament gives us an indicator uh, of, of the importance of the people of God gathering together of the local church. Jacob said in the Old Testament that this is the house of God, but it is also the gate of heaven. In other words, it's the place by which heaven comes into the earth. Uh, and that's God's agenda. God's agenda is not just to get you and I into heaven. His agenda is to get heaven into the earth. And he does that through people who live in a different reality. 
I feel like I'm spitting on people. Um, I had a preacher one time, I'm going to make sure y'all listen. He would, he would preach real loud and scream, and I do that too, but he would spit, and he'd say, that's just milk from Canaan land. That's what he would say. I'm like, that's not milk from Canaan land. That's spit, you know. Um, but I'm going to try not to spit on you. Um, but anyway, uh, we are living in a different reality, and we're called to bring the kingdom into the earth. Um, so our lives should look different than people who don't have faith. It should look different. Um, when you're born into the kingdom of God, it's, we know it's not based on zip code, ethnicity, bank accounts, saving accounts, retirements. It's not based on any. And here's how I know. If you're in need of prayer, you don't just go find the person who lives in the right zip code or has the most money. It doesn't mean they can't have money. You're going to find a person that knows how to touch God. You're going to find someone that knows how to get a prayer through. Um, how many of you have ever had people in your life you knew they can get a prayer through? I mean, those, those people are awesome, right? Like you, you want to connect to them because it's like they have this relationship with, with the, our Heavenly Father. But I, I'm trying to help you understand you don't have to experience God through another powerful person. You can experience God for yourself and you can bring his kingdom into your earth everywhere you go. That, that is what it means to live in a different reality. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, the Bible says, but it says it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Um, the question that I've been asking in this series is, is the kingdom of God real? I think a better question is, because we know it's real, are you living in a way that demonstrates that the kingdom is real? Is your life being lived out in such a way that it's demonstrating that the kingdom of God is real? It sounds simple, but a lot of people that, that know Christ are still not living in a way that demonstrates the kingdom. We must remember though that everything in the kingdom starts in seed form. It starts as a seed. The, the book of Genesis tells us that, that God caused it not to rain because there was no man there to tend it. So, so the, the point is, God will not rain on anything that you are not willing to tend to. And in other words, uh, heaven is always looking at earth's cooperation. That if we're not willing to tend to the seed God has given us, God will not cause it to rain and cause that thing to flourish. How many know we got to be personally invested in our growth? We, we got to have some skin in the game. We got to be intentional and lean in uh, if we're going to grow in the things of God. Jesus told Nicodemus that he had to be born again. Nicodemus, not understanding the language uh, of Jesus, he, he was like, so are you asking me to go and be in my mother's womb again? Uh, to be born, and Jesus said, no, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a birth of, of the flesh, it's being born again of the Spirit. And, and the point is, is that as a Christian, you have been born again, the old you is dead, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and all, all the old things are gone. Anybody thankful that the old life is gone? That you are now alive? To Christ. And, and with that, 
Now, it's a whole other sermon. We're called to do good things for the kingdom, to demonstrate the kingdom. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the premise of what we've been talking about. And as we enter into the kingdom of God, uh, a lot of people, instead of living aware of what God is doing, they're more aware of what's going on in their world. Uh, and it, let me say it a different way. We're more aware sometimes of the natural than we are the spiritual. And a different reality means that I'm going to be aware and conscious of what God is doing. And God is always speaking. God is always working. Sometimes we're just oblivious to what God is doing because we're not, we're not staying in that different reality space, if you will. So the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Those are things that are not tangible. You can't grab a hold of righteousness or, or joy. Like you can't hold it in your hand. It starts with things that are not tangible, but how many know it does not stop there? And what I mean by that, when we come into the kingdom, we, we have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But as we grow into things of the kingdom, we don't lose righteousness, peace, and joy. We continue to access that and have that. But we also understand we now have the ability for the kingdom of God to be imposed on our relationships, on our finances, on our health, I can't tell you the last Sunday I came in into Bethesda Church that I didn't hear a testimony of someone being physically healed. Even this morning, I had somebody tell me I was physically healed with hip pain that they'd been suffering for, with for a long time uh, and God healed their hip and they've not had any pain. And, and so I, I'm saying that the kingdom of God starts as righteousness, peace, and joy, but the kingdom wants to be imposed on your relationships, your money, your physical health. And one of the words God has given me, and I'm not sure exactly how the Holy Spirit's going to do this, but one of the phrases I've been hearing uh, is emotional miracles. That because a lot of times we, we celebrate like God healing cancer and, and, and hip pain and, and, and those are great. Like we love that. But, but I, I heard the phrase emotional miracles because what I am seeing in a lot of the people of God is that it's not a physical healing they need, but it's an emotional trauma they've carried that they've not been able to get past. But how many believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you could, you could experience a miracle in your emotions and get healed from a past hurt, right? That is possible. And so I, I believe God is gonna do that. So the kingdom starts as righteousness, peace, and joy, but it does not stop there. It continues to grow as we lean into it. Um, and there are a lot of things though that once we become a follower of Christ, um, we get in church sometimes and we say amen to things that we agree with. We just don't walk in them. So, so I'm going to give you, this is not an end all be all list. Okay. I'm going to give you six things, just things I, I jotted down, uh, as I was preparing for the message of things we say amen to, but we don't really walk out. And so I, I want that gap to close that we no longer say amen to things that we agree with, but we're not willing to walk in. I want us to walk in it, okay? Here, here's some examples. The first one is prayer. A lot of people will say, amen, we need to pray, but they don't pray. Um, we, they'll say amen to nothing happens in the earth until somebody prays, yet they don't pray. Or they, they think prayer is therapy. Uh, it's our way of getting things 
off of our chest, all, all those things. And I'm not saying it can't be those things, but prayer is more powerful than you just getting stuff off your chest. Prayer is what connects me to everything that's in heaven. Jesus said, when you pray, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the last time I checked in heaven, there was no sickness, no lack. Come on, somebody. There's not a, there's not any downturn in heaven. Like it, it connects you to the power and to the presence of God. That's why uh, it, it saddens me. But I heard a statistic um, a few years ago, and I doubt it's changed. Maybe COVID helped change it. I don't know. But it, the statistic was is that the average minister prays eight minutes a week. Now, if the average preacher prays eight minutes a week, what do you think's happening in the seats? How many think we ought to spend more than a minute a day praying? That's what that, that I mean, a minute a day? I mean, we, some of us, we scroll social media for two hours a day. Don't tell me you don't have time to spend time in, in the presence of God, the one who can. So, so what are you getting at, Pastor Jeff? I'm getting at, let's not just say amen to prayer. Let's pray. Secondly, the second one I jotted down was praise and worship. A lot of people, well, I could get up here and say, praise the Lord, we need to pray. And y'all going to get excited. You're going to say amen. You're going to stomp a little bit and say amen, brother, preach it. Shake that bush is what they said in the church I grew up in. Uh, you know, they wave stuff and we say amen to it, but we don't praise and worship. And, and the, the scripture tells me that when I praise and worship God, it actually builds a habitation for God. That where two or three people are gathered together in his name, he's in the midst. And so we'll get on a plane and go to Israel to see where the presence of God used to be, not understanding when I praise God where I'm at, I don't have to go see where it used to be. I can experience it right here, right now. I can see the presence of God. I can experience it through my praise and worship. It's not just something I say amen to. If you, if you don't buy in to praise and worship is either real or it's not, then you'll think it's just something we do to motivate people, to inspire people. Um, not understanding that praise and worship is actually, the Bible says enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Like that, that should be how we begin our day. That praise and worship, listen, it's either real or it's not. I believe it's real and we need to step into it. The third one is tithes and offerings. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with tithe and offering, but a lot of people will say, amen. Yeah, you need to get, bring your tithe. You need to be a generous person. And they'll say amen to it and then not practice it. Like they know it's a truth, but it's not true enough for you to walk in. I'm saying we are supposed to be living in a different reality, which means that in the kingdom, we are people of prayer. We are people of praise and worship. We are people that live in generosity and bring the first fruits of our increase to God because we know at the end of the day, our employer is not our source. Our job is not our source. That God is ultimately our source. And, and when I give, when I live generously, it actually, that's a kingdom principle that helps me to step out of this reality and into a kingdom reality. The fourth one, the fourth one that I jotted down was planting and covering. 
planting and covering. We either believe that a person can only grow as they are planted in a local congregation, or we believe that's just something the church uses to get members. Now, watch this. Scripturally speaking, you don't choose your church. Now, this rubs people the wrong way because we want to believe I choose and I go where I want. Well, that, that, that's fine, but if this is your ninth church in two years, the reason you haven't grown is the same reason a plant will not grow if you keep taking it up, plucking it up, and replanting it. You've got to put roots down. You, and, and, and listen, the enemy knows that God places you in the body as it pleases him. So why do you think he will work overtime to affect your relationships in the local church God planted you? He will work overtime to cause somebody in the parking lot to rub you the wrong way. Can you believe they didn't say hi to me? I ain't going back. So you just chose not to go to the church God ordained to grow you because somebody looked at you the wrong way. How I many we got to be a little bit more mature than that as kingdom followers of Jesus? I'm not going to spend any more time. I'm just, that didn't cost y'all anything. That's free. All right? Planting and covering. The fifth one is healing and miracles. We either believe it's God's will to heal or we don't. We either believe God does miracles or we don't. And, and, and I can say this because I am a preacher. I've been doing this a long time. But sometimes the preachers are guilty of confusing the people. And, and what I mean by that is because we have an experience where we didn't see the outcome we wanted, we start preaching our experience instead of preaching the word. The word says that by his stripes we are healed. The, the word says that Jesus provided healing in the atonement the same way he provided salvation. That healing is just as much a benefit he has already provided as your salvation. How many are thankful that Jesus already paid for you to be healed? I mean, that's, that's good stuff. But, but sometimes we, we, don't, we don't use our key, right? We don't, we don't tap in to what God has made available. But we got we to draw a line and say either we believe it or we don't. But if we believe it, let's please walk in it. Let's believe it. Like if, if, if I get a bad doctor's report, I don't want you praying for me. If you're going to pray one of those prayers, Lord, if it be your will, would you please touch PC? Please don't do that. I'm going to find somebody that's crazy enough to just say, God, I thank you. You've already provided his healing. I speak life over him. I speak, I, I want some people that, you know, that just believe the word of God and stand on it. Um, the sixth thing I jotted down was serving. Either we believe we're supposed to serve or we don't. In the kingdom, Jesus is the greatest leader who ever walked the earth. The greatest leader. Yet he was the servant of all. Um, if anybody could have walked around uh, in the title, son of God, that's a pretty big title. I don't know of a title bigger than that. Uh, he could have been, he could have, you know, just thrown his title around everywhere he went. But you don't see him flexing the title. You see him picking up a towel to wash the disciples' stinky feet. Serving in the kingdom, this is a different reality, serving is not optional. 
As a kingdom reality, it's not optional. Like, I, I'll serve if I want to and I won't. If I, like, it's, it's not optional. That as, and let me take it further than just the church, because I don't want you to think it's self-serving. Everybody that comes to Bethesda should serve at some kind of capacity. I'll, I'll just throw that. You should serve. But serve your spouse. Serve your children. Serve your employer. Serve your employees. Serve the people that are around you. Every day you have an opportunity to serve those around you and live in a different reality. It's so interesting to me that in the seasons when I, it's all about me and what I can get and what I want out of life and what I want out of people, do you know that I am most miserable? But it's in the seasons when I put my needs on the back burner and say, you know what, I'm going to get over myself and just serve and make things happen for others. I have more peace, more joy, more of the Holy Spirit operate. Why? Because that's the kingdom model. It's upside down. It's not take, take, take. It's actually give, give, give. And the scripture tells us that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Anybody thankful that the kingdom looks a lot different than the world? It looks a lot different than the world. Now, the evidence of your citizenship in heaven is not in your ability to go and find the kingdom. It's not about you and I going to find it, but it's about your ability to summons it. Um, our evidence that we are a part of the kingdom of God is our ability to pray the kingdom of God into the earth. Listen, you can pray the kingdom into the earth. You can give and see the kingdom come into the earth. You can serve and see the kingdom come into the earth. Uh, there, there are principles that, that open us up to this new reality that we've been talking about. In the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell upon the 120 in the upper room, the church was birthed that day. Signs and wonders broke out and the kingdom, what was happening was, is that the kingdom was coming into the earth. That's what was happening. It became a different reality for the disciples. So much so that Peter stood up and said, hey guys, this is that, that Joel prophesied about. That this is not just a prophecy any longer, this is the fulfillment of what the prophet said. We are experiencing the kingdom coming into the earth. Uh, in other words, this is the real deal. Um, again, your evidence, the evidence that you are a, a citizen in the kingdom is not in your ability to find it. It's in your ability to summons it. Uh, another example would be Daniel in the lion's den, trapped. He can't get out, but he was able to summons the kingdom to where he was. And he was delivered in the lion's den. The three Hebrew boys could not get out of the fiery furnace. And even though they couldn't get out to go find the kingdom, they had the ability to summons the kingdom. And I believe that God is looking for some people in this hour that in spite of a doctor's report, a financial setback, a relationship struggle, that maybe we can't leave that situation and go find something different, but we have the ability to call on God and bring the heaven, heaven into the earth where we are. We, we have the ability to do that. If the kingdom is real, then you have the ability to call it into your life. You got to live in that reality. When the kingdom of God becomes a reality, watch this, addictions get broken off of people. Sicknesses 
get healed. That's why I said I'm calling this find your kingdom flow. When you get in the flow of God's kingdom, miracles, healing, people being set free, those are normal occurrences. It's normal in the flow of God. Like your marriage, it may be in a rough spot, but if both of you determine to live in a different reality, I promise you the kingdom will come in and you'll see restoration in that marriage. God has the ability to do it. Um, here's, here's one of the things we got to pay attention to. I think sometimes the reason we struggle is because we come to church sometimes and we hear a message like this and on Sunday we're like, whoop, whoop, we're all about it. We're, we're all about the kingdom. We're all about God doing something great. But by about Tuesday, we're no longer living in a different reality. We kind of step out and then we take on negativity. We take on, you know, this situation's not good. And before we know it, we're no longer speaking the kingdom over the things going on in our life, but we're, we're falling prey to circumstances, and we, we, we go back and forth between kingdom living and then stepping back into the world and, underst- and we don't understand why we're mad, don't understand why we're frustrated, but we're stepping in and out of it. Um, and, and here's what you got to understand. When, when the word of God is sown, Jesus taught this, this parable, when the word of God is sown into your life, that Satan comes immediately to try to snatch the word. And the reason he comes immediately when the word is sown is because the enemy knows that if the word takes root in your heart, you'll get kingdom results automatically. That the word is is in seed form, but it grows. Some of you a year ago, you didn't believe that God could do A, B, and C. But a year later, you believe God can do A, B, and C and D, E, and F, right? You've grown. Why? Because the word. You've cultivated something, and now you're further, and your life should look different today than it did a year ago. It should be growing, should be evolving, and, and so we can learn to say amen to things. We can learn the songs. We can, we can do all that stuff, but we have to get a revelation that the kingdom is real, and it's so real that we're willing to live in a different Reality. Now, let me make one other statement, then I'm going to try to get to Exodus chapter 6 to close it out. I skipped a lot of notes at 9 and in 11, all right? So hit your neighbor and say, he saved you a little time today. I'm, I'm going to get to where I'm going. The kingdom of God is not heaven. We've got a lot of people that are new to church. We think the kingdom is heaven. The kingdom is not heaven. The kingdom of God is God's rule and reign. Um, if you think that the kingdom is heaven, then what, what happens is, is you start to believe that you have to die in order to experience the kingdom. That I'll experience the kingdom when I die and get to heaven. Now I've got the kingdom. Or Jesus has to come and take us home, right? And then I experience the kingdom. But the kingdom is not heaven. I don't have to wait um, to die to experience God's blessing or God's kingdom. I don't have to wait for the rapture or the catching away of the saints, whatever you want to call it. I don't have to wait. Jesus didn't say, pray that when you die, you experience the kingdom. He said, while you're alive, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And so the kingdom of God is his rule and his reign coming in to your life. He is the creator of all things. How many believe God is the creator of all things? Right? He's the creator of all things. But not only does he create all things, he uphold, the Bible says he upholds all things. So he, he's, he's just that awesome that I can create all things, but I can also uphold all things. When we are in the flow of God, we are, we're working um, with what God is doing. And, and, and sometimes what, what it feels like is that we're working against the grain. When we step outside of the kingdom, everything becomes harder. It feels uphill. It feels against the grain. There's no flow to it at all. And I'm not saying that in the kingdom you never have a bad day or things are not hard. I'm just saying that when you're in the flow of God, that even in a bad day or a bad month, you're still seeing kingdom results all around you. And that is the reality that I want you to live in. I want to see God touch your relationships. I want to see him touch your finances. I want to see him minister to your physical health, your emotional health. I want to see God do incredible things in your life and in your family. But you got to be willing to step in to everything that he has for you. Now, if you would, I'm skipping a bunch of notes. I want you to go to Exodus chapter number six. We're going to finish up here. Make sure I'm good on time. Y'all good on time? All right. Exodus chapter six. Um, when you are living the kingdom life, and here's one of the things, every time you start taking new territory, there's a fight. The enemy does not let go of, of darkness easily. He doesn't like it. You start taking new territory, you start winning people for Jesus, you start healing the sick, you start doing, there's going to be opposition, the kingdom of darkness does not like that. He does not like the kingdom of God advancing, okay? The children of Israel in the book of Exodus are in a tough spot because they are under the burden of Pharaoh. You guys know the story. How many know the story of, of Exodus? They are, they're, they're in bondage, right? And, and they're struggling. And the Bible talks about how they cried out to God and said, we're, you know, we're tired of being under this oppression. And, and God uh, begins to work through a man by the name of Moses. And um, he reveals to them in Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. And God also said to Moses, which I love this, he said, I am the Lord. I love this. I am the Lord. He's getting ready to tell them how they're going to get free from the system, because Pharaoh had a system, from the system that Pharaoh had them in. And he said, the key to understanding your freedom and, and the key to getting out from under the burden of Pharaoh is understanding that Pharaoh's not in charge. I am the Lord. And, and I love this. It makes me want to just throw this table off the platform. Um, God is saying, Pharaoh's not in charge. It's, it's not him. It's not the devil. It's not your boss. It's not Wall Street. It's not your zip code. God's saying, I am the Lord. Man, and this is so powerful because the word Lord is the same word used for owner. So God was saying, I own you. 
Now, some of y'all look at that like in a bad way, like God owning me. That's a good thing. <laughs> Come on, clap if you believe that's a good thing. God, God was letting these people know, I own you. Pharaoh don't own, own you. And when I get done with Pharaoh, he's not only going to let you go, he's going to pay you to go. The Bible says when they came out from Egyptian bondage, some of y'all can't shout over healing and all that, but you can shout over becoming a millionaire in a day. He said, you're going to come out. And the Bible says when they came out, they came out, watch this, with all the silver and all the gold. Not only did Pharaoh let them go, he paid them to leave. How I many when God blesses you, when God brings you out, when God gets involved and he shows you I'm owner, but I'm also sustainer, I can bring you out and pay you while you're coming out. Somebody give God praise if you believe he can do that. That's good stuff right there. Go ahead and stand. It'll help me quit. It'll help me quit. Now watch this. Watch this. He continues. He says, I want you to know I am the Lord. And this is important because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew God as El Shaddai. They knew him as provider. They didn't know him as owner. So God tells Moses, I'm going to reveal myself in a different way. I'm going to reveal myself not just as provider. Obviously, he provided really well for him. Um, but he said, I, I'm going to reveal myself as owner. I want you to know that I own you. And he says in verse three, he said, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God almighty, but by my name, the Lord owner, I did not make myself fully known to them. Verse six says, therefore say to the Israelites, here it is again. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I, I do own you. And I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. God said, I'm gonna bring you out from underneath the burden of Egypt. I'm gonna rescue you from their bondage and I'm gonna redeem you. And then verse seven, he says, I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Sometimes church, we gotta be reminded of who we belong to. Sometimes when you're going through hell, you're going through a bad place in your life, you gotta remind yourself that I belong to the Lord. Somebody needs to hear today, God owns you. God saved you. God redeemed you. God healed you. God has a plan for you. All those things are true. And sometimes we gotta remind ourselves and shake ourselves loose from excuses and shake ourselves loose from being the victim because you cannot be the victim and the victor at the same time. You gotta make a decision. I, I'm not making an excuse. I'm not gonna be a victim. I know what he's done for me. I know what he's provided for me. And I'm gonna step into everything that he has. He said, I'm gonna take you as my own people. And by the time I get done with you, you're going to know, watch it. God said, by the time I get done, you're going to know I own you. Some of you are having a hard time with that. Like he owns me. Yeah, he does. Without him, you don't have breath. Whether you're serving God today or not, without God, you are not here. Let's just make that plain for all the people, even in the back. God owns you. 
He owns you. The last verse of this, verse eight, he says, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. And I will give it to you as a possession. And he says it one more time. I am the Lord. I am the owner. And I'm gonna bring you into a place. Some of you have been worried about this next season of your life. You need to know that God has already went before you and prepared the place. Just as he's been working on you to prepare you for the place, he's been working on the place to prepare the place for you. He says, I am the Lord. I own you. I own the next place. I own the next season. I am the Lord. I am your future. And I think God reminds them of that because sometimes what happens is we're in this season and we, we step out of it and we step into a new season in God. And sometimes we are so blessed. God was making sure when you step into this next part, this next season, and you're walking in favor and you're walking in anointing and you're healing the sick and I give you land and I take care of your finances and I do A, B, C, and D. I want you to remember where it came from because we all have a temptation that once we step into a blessing to forget who blessed us in the first place. I wanna remind some people that are walking in a blessing in this season, don't forget who gave you the blessing. If you know God is the one that blessed you, God's the one that favored you. Take about 10 seconds in right now. Let's give him some praise that he went ahead of us, that he did it for his glory. See, when I know this, when I know this, it's my privilege now to lift my hands. It's my privilege to sing praises to him. It's my privilege to serve. It's, it's my privilege to get on my knees and spend time in prayer. It's, it's my privilege to bring the first fruits of all my increase. Why? Because I am living in a different reality. I don't belong to myself. I belong to him. He's not just savior, but he is Lord. He's Lord. And in the church, I'm gonna say this and then we're praying. A lot of people, they want Savior. They don't want Lord. Listen to me. I love you. I hope you know that. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. It's all or nothing. It really is all or nothing. It, it can't be, get me out of hell, Lord but I live, not even Lord at that point, it's get me out of hell, Savior. But that, that, that's not, not the end all be all. Yes, he saves you, you don't have to go to hell. That's great. But is he the Lord of your life? There's a big difference in I don't wanna go to hell and God, I'm submitting my life to you. You're in charge of my marriage. You're in charge of my money. You're in charge of my kids, my job. It all belongs to you. I'm not just gonna make you savior, but I'm gonna make you Lord of my life. And sometimes the reason we're frustrated is because we, we only want him to be savior. And because we've not made him Lord, we have all these pockets of frustration in our life. And really at the end of the day, all we need to do is make him Lord of all those areas. Say, God, I give it to you. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. Close your eyes. No one looking around. I'm going to ask those that are a part of the Compass class and 
those that coordinate or lead groups or directors there, if you would go ahead and get in place where you can see hands. Uh, I wanna make this really, really clear uh, for everybody here. If you're, if you're here today and you're not in a relationship with Jesus or you would say, um, I need to make him the Lord of my life. I need his grace and forgiveness. I need to submit my life. Repentance means change of mind and change of direction. It means your life's going one way, but when you repent, you shift and you begin walking in a different direction. You take up your cross and you follow Jesus. If you're under the sound of my voice or watching online, those in-house, if you say, that's me, I, but I want to leave here differently than I came in. I don't want to leave the same way. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I want to follow Jesus. I want to make it right with God today. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that's me, pastor. That's me. Anyone at all. I'm going to wait just a second. Anyone at all. Anyone at all? I see a hand back there. Amen. Anyone else? Say, that's me. Don't leave me out of this prayer, Pastor. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. Anyone else? Thank you for these hands over here. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? so good. God is coming into your life. The best decision you can ever make is giving your life to him. I want us to pray out loud, loud enough to where you can hear it with your own ears, everybody together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for all my sins. I repent of those sins and I choose to follow you. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise right there. So good. I'm gonna ask our prayer team and staff to go ahead and get in place. We're gonna do one more song. But we're going to open up these altars. If you need prayer for anything at all, we're here to pray with you and for you. As they come to lead us in the presence of God, can you give him one more hand clap of praise today? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.